What's poppin' everybody? Episode 39 of the Slippin' Weed Podcast coming right at you. This week I want to talk a little bit about this past weekend's fight between Tony Harrison and Brian Perella. Uh, and a little bit about the card which headlined uh, Demetrius Andrade against Liam Williams. So let's get right into it, guys. introductions i didn't know this was a mandatory i think that makes this fight even more frustrating but i'll get into that a little more as we go through the show i found this card as a whole um to be a little bit frustrating for a lot of different reasons it was kind of a weird card there was some weird shit that happened in the fights um firstly there was a fight between uh andre fedosov and this guy majidov from azerbaijan and Fedosov catches him real clean, puts him down. It doesn't look like he's real hurt, but he clearly injures his ankle or his Achilles or something in his foot as he goes down. And so that fight ends in the first round, unable to continue. Like you hate seeing shit like that where guys hurt themselves and it's not like a punch. Um, And then there was this fight between Carlos Gongora and Christopher Pearson at junior middleweight. Gungora looked good to me. He looked patient. He throws hard punches. He throws good combinations. Defensively responsible. You know, he showed all the good things, but Pearson was not a great opponent to me. I found his demeanor in the ring to be a little bit strange, to be honest with you. It seemed to me like he was really having to psych himself up to stay in it, and like mentally he was... I don't know. He had a weird kind of chip on his shoulder and he was kind of like talking back to the ref. And at the same time, he was doing a lot of holding. He was very hesitant to let his hands go. And I just didn't see that activity. And then on top of that, you know, he doesn't get knocked out cold. He goes down from an eye injury, which I understand. But it just it seemed to me that someone as good as Gongora at this point, being in his early 30s, he should be fighting somebody. I think a better opponent than this. And I just overall found Pearson to be a strange opponent. And I just, I didn't like how, I don't know. He was carrying himself weird. He was carrying himself weird. I just didn't see him switched on in this fight. And I would have liked to have seen Gongora in a more challenging, engaging fight than this. And on top of that, he was much, much bigger than this guy. Super middleweights. He's a natural super middleweight. You know, this guy was coming up from 154 and it looked like that. So, you know, there was nothing about that fight that was particularly appealing other than Gongora's talent. And then we had the main event between Demetrius Andrade and Liam Williams, which I also found to be a very frustrating fight um, for a lot of different reasons. I'm going to break this down into layers why I found this fight so frustrating. For one, I think that Andrade is at a point in his career 
where he deserves a bigger fight. He deserves something more engaging than this, right? He's into his 30s now. He's 30-0 with 18 knockouts. He's got a belt, and he keeps winning, you know? And I feel like it's it, it, this was not a great opponent either. I wanted to see him in a more engaging fight. To me, Liam Williams was somewhat rudimentary. It was very like charge in, clinch, hope for the best. It didn't seem like he had a real good understanding of how to deal with the southpaw. Um, the whole fight was just really ugly. There was a lot of grabbing and pushing and shoving, and Andre did... You know what he always does. He 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 seems to always hurt guys early and put them down. And it seems like the fight has the potential to be a quick fight, and then it's not a quick fight. So, while I think that he deserves a more meaningful fight, you know, a bigger fight, a more exciting opponent, to me, this was not a good performance for him. Because every round after round, it was just so obvious what the talent gap was in this fight. And I just was really surprised that he could never find a way to make this a little easier for himself. And I don't know if that was a choice, but if it was a choice, you know, he made it look like this guy was kind of giving him problems. And he, he, he didn't make it look like an easy fight, even if it was 12 zip, you know, and I think like to me. He has to and it, it shouldn't be this way. I don't think it should be this way, but if he wants to you know, continue putting himself in that conversation to be fighting the top guys, somebody like this has to be easy fucking work. Easy fucking work. And it wasn't. He really had to work for it, and I felt like, in a way, he did that to himself. And I think hearing him in the post-fight interview where he's saying, you know, I shouldn't have to do anything to get these guys to want to fight me because I'm undefeated and I got a title. I get what he's saying when he says that. But that's not the reality of his situation. He does have to entice these guys. He has to make boxing fans want to see him. You know what I'm saying? And a performance like that, with all that fucking holding against a a, a real B-level fighter at best, you know, it's hard for me as a fan of his to go, well... You got to see him against Golovkin, right? You got to see him against Charlo. You got to see him against Danny Jacobs. That's a really, that's a tough sell after that fight. It was, it was too ugly. It was too ugly and it was too difficult for him based on how obvious it was. But, and so this is where I also get, so this is kind of the third layer of my frustration with this fight. It's like how long as Eddie Hearn is his promoter and whoever else is in his management How long can you ask a guy to keep being excellent fight after fight without like something bigger and more exciting on the horizon for him? You know what I mean? Like they're asking a lot of him. They're asking him to just, you know, night in and night out every time he fights to to dominate this guy, these guys when and, and stay passionate and stay hungry when there doesn't seem to be like a real plan for how they put him in a big meaningful fight and it doesn't seem like even though they're in the same promotional team it doesn't seem like anything that he's doing is enticing Golovkin to get in the ring with him look you have to be exciting 
You have to be exciting in, in some way, even if it's that you're just so dominant. You know, if if for him to have dominated this fight was either to stop him early or to be up on his toes and box and make it real minimal and just kind of outskill Williams, which he could have done very easily. You know, he was like stuck between two things where he's trying to let Williams come in. He's trying to throw his counter shots, but he's kind of okay with the holding and the pushing, you know, and he, it again, I wish that he could just get a big fight because he's been at this level for long enough that he deserves it, but that's not the reality of the situation. So as I'm watching this fight round after round, just continue on, I feel like as a fan, I'm watching his opportunity. I don't know if he's slipping through the cracks or what exactly it is, but I just feel like if he's not blowing guys like that out of the water, you know, and making the fans demand, you know, Demetrius Andrade, I just don't see how he gets that bigger fight because it's too, the risk reward on that's no good if you're a big name, you know, because he is a good fighter. He is a skill fighter. There is a good chance you lose, but what, where's the fan base? Who, who's demanding to see Andre against these other guys. I wish it wasn't that way. I wish it was purely based on merit, but that's a part of the game. So, you know, where, where did, I wonder where he feels like he fits that into, um, into promoting himself. You know, does he feel like in his mind, if I have the opportunity to get a guy out of here, I got to do it and I got to do it now. And I got to really lay it on him. Does he have that mentality? I don't know. Um, but regardless, I think there's a really he's a really talented fighter that's not getting the fights he deserves. And on top of that, I don't think he made his case real good on Saturday, unfortunately. And I want to see him fight bigger names. So, that I mean, that's part of why it was so frustrating. But, you know, hopefully they can get him an opponent that's exciting for him where we can see a little more passion in his boxing. The last thing I want to say about that fight, I didn't feel like his legs looked real great. When he was trying to move around, I felt like his legs looked a little unsteady. He looked a little, not slower, but it was just, it was a little more of a shuffle than a glide, if you get what I'm saying. So, I hope uh, I hope we get to see him in the ring again soon, against a better opponent. Ideally, Golovkin, Charlo, whoever it may be, but... I think he does have to, it's tough to say, but I think on some level he does have to take some responsibility for making these guys, making the public demand to see him in big fights, basically. I think that, that has to, that has to be more of his, more of what he's concerned about now. Um, and on Fox, so the, the, on Fox we had the main event between Tony Harrison and Brian Perella, which was a draw, and... Again, Tony Harrison is another top fighter like Android, right? He's in the top, definitely top 10, maybe top 5 at junior middleweight. Split two fights with Jamel Charlo, who is the consensus number one guy at 154. Had a great fight with Jarrett Hurd. It was a great fight. Um, Perella, on the other hand, I've watched him several times, and... He's a good fighter, <laughs> but when I've watched him and he's fought top level guys, Ugas, Galazzo, um, he's lost and 
you know, I've seen other fights where he's won. I've seen what it looks like where he wins. Um, but if you would, and having never fought at junior middleweight, like if, if I had done a prediction of this fight, I definitely would have been favoring Harrison just off of his size advantages and his boxing ability and the number of time, like the results of their fights at the top level pedigree, really. I think that's the word I'm looking for. You know, if I'd gone off of that, I would have picked Harrison, even though I think Perel is a good fighter. He's got good skills. And then how it actually played out was a very close fight where overall, I think Perella out threw and outlanded him and, and spent more time doing what he wanted to do than Harrison did what he wanted to do. The punches that Harrison landed were a little more eye-catching, I think more powerful. I think he, he hit harder. And so a lot of times that would even the round out. When I watched the fight, I scored the fight uh, 115 and 113 for Perella. I do think he edged the fight. You know, I know that that's only one round off from a draw, but I do think that he edged the fight. I think he he was busier. He was landing the cleaner shots more often, doing a better job of dictating the pace, making it the kind of fight he wanted to make it, which I was surprised at, at how easily. Parella was able to assert himself in his game plan in this fight. And I think I think part of it is that I think Harrison w- was thrown by the southpaw thing, which is surprising when you're watching guys at this level that something like that would throw them off. But I think it did throw him off. One thing I noticed, he kept tr- when he was throwing his jab, he kept trying to throw it with his front foot on the inside of Perella's front foot. And if, obviously, if you don't know this, if a southpaw and orthodox fighter are fighting each other from opposite stances, the idea is for the for you to get your front foot on the outside of their front foot to create an angle. And Harrison kept trying to throw the jab stepping inside of Perella's stance. So on one hand, he's having trouble landing it. And on the other hand, when he's throwing it, he's actually putting himself in position for Perella to land his left hand better. Um, and he just never made that adjustment and he, and with the exception of the last three rounds, really, it never felt like he took it up to that next gear. He was always kind of stuck in that first gear. Um, you know, and it's been a long year for everybody. Uh, you know, I know that he had lost his father who was also his trainer. You know, it's been hard to train for a lot of guys. You know, but at the end of the day, everybody's kind of been dealing with that reality. So, um, I overall, I would say this is a disappointing performance for Harrison. You know, if he is arguably one of the top five guys of this weight and he's getting a draw with somebody who's never fought at that weight and hasn't really won when he's fought top level guys at Welter, you know, that is disappointing. He can't be happy with that. I'm sure he's not. And I think that there was just, aside from the stepping in, in, you know, inside of Perella's stance, it seemed to me like he just was a little thrown by Perella's speed and by his movement and by his game plan. And he had this mind to come forward. He wanted to come forward and press the fight, which I think was great, but it played into what Perella wanted to do. And Harrison, you know, is a great outside boxer. If you if you if you saw his first fight with Charlo, 
that's a great display of boxing he put on. You know, it, whether you thought he won or not, he, he, he boxed a really smart fight in that fight, and you could see his skill level. Um, and I think, you, actually, you saw that rounds 10 and 11 and 12 in this fight. And um, so I wish he had maybe come out a little more assertive with his with his jab and his foot positioning was better. Um, and I just, it's hard, it's hard, again, it's a little like Android where it's hard after a performance like that, how can you say, you know, how can you demand that the top guys in the weight class fight you? And it's even harder to demand that when you're in a draw that maybe you're on the, you know, when it's a draw that's 60-40 and you're on the 40 end, you know, I don't know. The flip side of that is I was really impressed with Perella. He, he he came in, I thought, you know, coming in with Roy Jones in your corner, that's a huge advantage. You could see that it helped him. Because I think that, you know, against Colazzo, when he fought Colazzo, Colazzo was, did a better job of cutting off the ring and making that fight physical, which is not particularly Harrison's style. But that's sort of what you have to do. And in this fight, I think Perella never let himself get into a long exchange with Harrison. He really stuck to what he was trying to do. Um, and I think that actually, you know, he kind of makes an argument for himself to get bigger fights at that weight. Because he, in my mind, he was such a big underdog. Um, there's also the side of it where maybe a guy that big has a hard time making welterweight. You know what I'm saying? And so... Moving up to 154 and not having to cut all that extra weight off is maybe making it so that he's able to do more of what's up here, right? That's kind of the advantage when you're not cutting weight anymore is your body's able to do what your mind wants it to do a lot better because you're fresher. And he looked fresh. He looked he looked like a junior middleweight. I, the, si- the, the size difference was also quite a bit less than I thought it would be. You know, I would have thought Harrison would have just looked naturally a lot bigger and he did look bigger but it wasn't it wasn't a substantial size difference um so it's hard to know where Harrison goes from here I think Perella I think he you know as far as the you know the PBC junior middleweight scene I think he puts himself in the position to be the B side against another top junior middleweight for Harrison I think it's like He's kind. It's not that he has to start from square one, but he's really gotta rethink some things as far as maybe not rethink some things, but I think that he needs to change some things up. I thought that was a pretty stale performance overall, and that's not take take away from Perella. I just the Tony Harrison that I've watched is a much more dynamic fast in you know intelligent fighter than that and it just felt like he he never really flexed that to his fullest potential um and maybe if he had Perella still could have could have beaten him or gotten a draw with him but it, you have to put yourself in that position you know what i'm saying in the best position to win so you know if he wanted a third fight with Charlo i think that's farther away after that performance i think that he has to put together a string of wins and really dominate and really reassert himself in the junior middleweight division because it's a stacked division with a lot of guys, man. There's a lot of good fighters at this weight. I've talked about this weight class before. You know, you got Jamel Charlo, 
You got Rosario. You got Julian Williams. You got Jarrett Hurd. Brian Castaño. Eris Landy Lara. It's a stacked weight class. You know, so for guys to keep themselves in the mix, it's like one bad performance, and you're out of the mix. And I'm not saying Harrison's out of the mix, but he he, he doesn't... He doesn't make a compelling argument to the top guys with this fight. He just doesn't. Um, and that's frustrating. And all of this, all of these fights and was even more frustrating on a night where, you know, a YouTube star was fighting a, a Olympic wrestler on pay-per-view, you know. And, you know, Demetrius Andrade is fighting Liam Williams. After years of years and years and years of winning, maybe not getting what he deserves, you know, and he's still not getting what he deserves. Um, and these were really good fights, right? And so I was going to talk about the Paul Askren fight and whatever, but my guest from episode 37, Brandon Gonzalez, I think put it best with these YouTube influencer fights, whatever you want to call them. If you don't like it, don't watch it. And I don't like it, and I didn't fucking watch it. So I can't really speak to how the fight was or, or what the quality of the product is. Um, but I think when you look at, you know, is this helping boxing make the best fights and improve the sport and all that? It's a tough argument, right? Like, I don't think it's helping with any of that. I don't think it's helping the sport. I think it's helping people take advantage of the sport in a sense make money off the sport without you know making the sacrifices that these guys make without putting in the time that these guys put in without the years of you know the years of struggle um so i didn't like it and i didn't watch it and i'm not going to speak on it but i knew that it was happening and i it it made these fights to me even more frustrating because i think both of these guys not both of these guys, but all of the fighters on these cards, I think, in a sense, deserved better. Um, and it's hard to know that and then know that there are non-fighters getting rich off this shit. You know? Um, so, in in a way, like, I'm very much conflicted about celebrity fighting. Because I, I, it's hard. It would be hard for me to say, "Oh, I don't think it has any right to exist." Like that's not what I'm saying, either. Um, but I think like athletic, like improving the sport, like the sport. I don't, I don't, I don't know if it serves that, and I, it's, it's going to be interesting to see. You know, if that translation, because that's sort of the pitch, right? Like, oh, you're getting new eyes on the sport. Yeah, but is anybody that watched that going to watch Demetrius Andrade? You know what I mean? It, it's not like they watch the 45 seconds of Jake Paul fighting, and then they're like, let me check that BoxRec schedule. Let me check the ESPN schedule. I can't wait to see Rigondeaux Casamero. You know what I'm saying? That doesn't happen. That's like a fantasy. So, yeah, I'm, I'm conflicted about all of it. And I think until... Until it shows the sport a little more respect, I'm good. I'm all set.
So that's episode 39 of the Slipping Weed Podcast, you guys. Thanks for tuning in. I'll be back next week. When you get a chance, check out my newest tutorial. Um, and I'm going to be putting out more of those this week. And that's it, guys. Appreciate it. Peace.